Hello, Los Angeles. Hello, fans of Major League Soccer. Hello, lovers of the beautiful game. And of course, hello to the millions. And millions of Defenders of the Bank listeners. This is episode 259 of our little podcast, downloaded in over 100 countries. Big shout out to Germany for leapfrogging Mexico to take third place in the country with the most downloads. And shout out to Singapore for consistently maintaining the 10th position. And speaking of shout outs, and respect. Big shout out to all you fathers out there. It is Father's Day after a weekend after all. And we're also 24 hours away from Juneteenth at the time of this recording. Thank you for taking the time out of your day or your commute to download, listen, or watch us on YouTube. And hopefully you aren't watching us driving uh, on YouTube. Uh, otherwise, we might need to put you in touch with Jacob and Ronnie. We finally get to give you a jovial one, Defenders. It's been about 28 days, but who's counting? Uh, hence the reason for the sunglasses. The sun is shining on LAFC, even though the June gloom nonsense is still enduring. Now it's time for our introductions. Allow myself to introduce myself. I am the platinum-colored-haired flamingo. My name is Christian Philemon, also known to you all as Philly. And I am coming to you from world-famous Philamonster Studios in Burbank, California. And joining me, a mere three inches away, the goddess of grit, the heroine of the Highlands, the lordess of LAFC, I give you Hello Kitty. Hello, Philly. And, uh, of course, I'm that thrilled, and so is she, that I decided to introduce her first. And, of course, joining me 31 miles away, which in Los Angeles, that's 27 hours worth of driving, the tyrant of threads, the warlock of wool, the knight of knits, the nobleman of neckwear, and the mouth of the South Bay, the fifth most popular host of Defenders of the Bank, I give you J.R. Liebert. Horse pucky. <laughs> We're having fun, Scarf. Come on. The Scarf, what's good? Uh, Scarf Stradamus strikes again. Let's go. 2 1 victory. Oh, wait. I called that. Alan Polito and Carlos Vela. Oh, wait. I called that. Philly, you were right. They started out slow, gave up an early, real dumb goal. More on that in a minute. But hey, what Daniil Maldonado giveth? Daniil Maldonado taketh right the heck back. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Look, we are very, very lucky uh, to have our dads in our lives. And uh, I, I just want to say again, thank you to my dad, John. Thank you to your dad, because without your dad, you're not able to host this podcast with me, which we're not going to get into the physics of all that, but that's how it works, people. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. And again, it doesn't matter. If you're a, a fur baby dad, a real baby dad, uh, it, it doesn't matter. If you're a dad, this is for you. Happy Father's Day. And again, happy Father's Day. And thank you to everybody in the chat right now. That's right. It's Father's Day. And we are live, live on YouTube. We have an incredible number of people joining us, which is pretty amazing for 10 o'clock in the morning on Father's Day, Sunday, and Philly. It is a celebration because you know what we can say again for the first time in a long time? The best in the West. That's right. We're coming for you, Cincinnati. We're coming, Philly. Best, 
Best in the West indeed, Scarf, and uh, fingers crossed eventually best in MLS, although Cincinnati FC Skyline Chili is making it somewhat difficult for us to catch them. But hey, as we all know, rough patches do occur in Major League Soccer, and that's the time to capitalize. Oh, yeah. Look, this was this was an incredible win. But before we talk about the win, we got to talk about our fantastic sponsor. Just want to say a big thank you to Flex Power Tools and FlexPowerTools.com. Of course, we are sponsored by Flex and are part of the Flex family. Philly's got his cool worksite radio that he always uh, he always makes me feel very jealous about. He's doing the John Cusack right now. 16 candles right above his head. Uh, no, look, that would be say it, anything, he, Scarf. Oh, yeah, say anything. I always get those those John Cusack. Uh, what's the hey, it, name It's of? serendipity. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, here's the bottom line, people. Anything you need in the way of power tools, if you can find it on flexpowertools.com, it comes with a lifetime warranty. Everything. Everything except for the box that it comes in. Lifetime warranty. So make sure you head on over to flexpowertools.com. Great Father's Day gifts still available. Power tools, radios, lighting, whatever you need. We're part of the Flex family. Uh, that being said, Philly, uh, let's... I, I'm so excited to hear what your number is going to be on this. So LAFC.com backslash Mo hyphen Facio. Look, be a really cool Father's Day donation. uh, Father's Day thing to do to make a donation to the uh, Mo Facio Futsal Court Fund and Foundation. Philly, I'm going with the $29 donation. If you guys don't mind out there, if you want to have a number to donate, I'm saying 29 bucks because that's how many points we now have sitting at the top of the Western Conference standings, 29 bucks for 29 points. We get this field funded. What say you, kind sir? I normally, high, high ball you, I guess, to say. I don't even know if that's an appropriate thing to say. It's The coffee hasn't oh, kicked it. You. Normally, the number I, I spit out is higher than yours. But this time, I'm going to go for 12. And the reason why I'm going for 12 is as follows. You have the number two. For Daniil Maldonado, plus the number 10 for for Carlos Vela. That equals 12. That's my thought for this time around. Normally, I give out the number 99 for Denny Bawanga, but I'm going to go for 12. And if anything, you want to add more math, maybe the number 19 for an assist by Mati Bogus. There you go. Look, I love it all. That's 31, by the way, if you add 12 and 19 together. So uh, I like it. I do. I do. Oh, yeah. We... Heather brings up a good point in the chat. We should probably add Aaron Long's goal in there as well. How do we know, by the way, the number of stitches? We could add that to it as well. Like, oh my God. I just that uh, more on that, more on Aaron Long's goal in a minute. Uh look, normally we get into our this day in LAFC history next. We haven't had a ton of stuff to talk about in this day in LAFC history, but Philly, we have to wish a very happy birthday to Club Legend, current Palmeiras. Rostery won Edward Atuesta. Edward Atuesta, happy birthday, my friend. That is our This Day in LAFC History. Philly, he's 26. 26 years old today. What were you doing at 26? I was in a rock band at 26. That much I can tell you. Edward Atuesta, my favorite memory of him, Scarf, was when he almost took off your hands at Toyota Arena as you, after the MASL Cup final, were standing in goal getting shots taken in your direction by Edward Atuesta and Eddie Segura. Steady Eddie and, and hard shot Eddie nearly decapitated you and nearly, and nearly made you nubs. But you 
kept them from scoring. Scarf, you stopped two professional soccer players from scoring upon you. Scarf, you might be a better keeper than Jamal Blackman was for LAFC. Oh man, he's got height though. He's six seven, right? Something like that. I I, I don't if have you that. Look at the he equivalent also... of the indoor goal and your height. It is comparable. I like it. I like it. So you're saying there's a chance. I will say this. I saved a few shots, yes, by Eddie Segura and uh, Edward Atuesta. And then Edward Atuesta took like a real, real, real shot and it pinged off the the glass behind me or the, you know, the plastic. It's We call it glass because that's what they call it in hockey. Pinged off the glass behind me and I couldn't get out of goal fast enough. Had I put my hand or body part in the way of that, it would still be attached to the glass behind at Toyota Arena. That my my hand was numb for like a day and a half, by the way. So no gloves, by the way, no gloves, just straight barehanding Edward Atuesta and Eddie Segura shots. Never going to do that again. Philly, uh, we've got some news and notes. We might as well get into it. We're having fun. And again, want to thank everybody for joining us live on YouTube. How about this big news and note right before the match? Very exciting. You and I have been following LAFC 2 and their maiden voyage this season. But huge news on the LAFC 2 front as Christopher Jaime and Yekison Suba were both called into the big club. That's right. The short-term loan agreement from LAFC 2 to LAFC for Yekson Suba and Christopher Jaime. If you don't know these players, Christopher Jaime was the first ever signing in LAFC 2 history. And Yekison Suba has been a great story coming through the ranks uh, he actually had the game-winning slash only goal for LAFC 2's first ever win against Real Monarchs. It wasn't their first ever win against Real Monarchs. It was their first ever win. That's a misplaced modifier. But I'm going to move on. Uh, Yex and Suba, Christopher Jaime, congratulations uh, for their call-ups into the big club. More on Yex and Suba in a little bit. Philly, mahala. Look, I'm getting my information from a Ghanaian soccer website. So everybody breathe. Right, half of this stuff probably isn't true, and the other half is probably made up. But, but Chris Lafferty, I love you so much right now. That's impossible, uh, Chris. According <laughs> by according, biological logic, uh, according to this Ghanaian website, Mahala has some suitors from across the pond. Uh, none other than Rangers, Celtic, Nice, Bordeaux, and Stuttgart as the five suitors currently vying for one Mahala Opoku Philly. I got to I got to say you would probably be excited to see him go to Stuttgart now. It'd be fine to see him, but obviously he's going to be on a team that wouldn't necessarily be competitive. He'd be better off playing in the Scottish Premier League for a club like Celtic or Rangers because at the very least, he's going to have an opportunity to play in competitive tournaments in Europe, whether they be the Champions League or the Europa League. He ends up at Stuttgart. He's going to be in a battle to stay within Bundesliga and the Zweite Bundesliga. I'd prefer him go somewhere where he could get more visibility on an international stage. Nice and Bordeaux, same concept applies there. I'd prefer him at, at, at Celtic. And obviously, Dexter would probably agree with me. Up the Celts. Yeah, the Dex, uh, <laughs> Dex, who does our, our fantastic artwork, uh, definitely a Celtic guy. Uh, but Philly, I, I just, again, this is one of those things where, look, we know the rumors are all over the place, but how cool is it that this is what we're talking about with Mahalo Opoku? Going over to Europe at some point clearly seems to be in the cards for him, whether it's in one of the top five or whether it's in a, a second-tier division there in Europe. Either way, an incredible story. 
the career of one Lee Wynn uh, may or may not be over again. I don't know. He's kind of like Brett Favre in a way, right? He's in retirement. He's out of retirement. He's in retirement. He's out of retirement. Uh, but he is now uh, back on the coaching side of things in the NWSL with the Kansas City Current. Want to give a big shout out to Lee Wynn. Congratulations. And Philly, I know you've got some news as part of that red and gold partnership. You are the official defenders of the bank red and gold partnership correspondent. So please, sir, with your news on the red and gold partnership, I give you Philly. Uh, piggybacking off of LAFC2 news, because uh, what I'm about to talk about does reflect upon LAFC2. You might have heard us talk about it. If you haven't, you're going to hear it right now. Ryan Ayub, a member of LAFC2, is already out and about training with the FC Bayern World Squad down in Argentina. This team is coached by the legendary Roy Mackay, a player from Holland who appeared in 129 games for the Rotten Weiss and bagged himself 78 goals while, while bringing Bayern two Bundesliga titles and two Pokal titles. Now, I bet you're wondering, what in the heck is this FC Bayern world squad? Well, I'm about to tell you that. This is a program that Bayern uses to showcase and springboard international talent at that U19 level. Most recently, the Bayern World Squad had its biggest amount of applicants trying to vie for a position on this team. 6,000 people tried to be a part of the FC Bayern squad. And uh, one of our very own, Ryan Ayub, hits that. And their goal, obviously, is to promote football talent and give players from all over the world a chance to become professional footballers. The kids on this team, Defenders, they're from about 18 or so different nations. And right now, FC Bayern World Squad is in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, uh, for a 12-day training camp. And they're going to have a couple of friendlies scheduled right in Buenos Aires. And they're going to compete against the likes of Estudiantes de la Plata on the 18th of June. Uh, Diego Maradona's first club, Argentinos Juniors, on the 23rd. And on the 27th, these boys are going to take on the legendary River Plate. Then from there, back to Germany, a second training camp between the 1st and the 15th of July, and they're going to have a couple of friendlies there against KSV, Hessen, uh, Kassel. They're going to compete against uh, the D in the DFB Academy, uh, Frankfurt, uh, Hamburg. Hamburg, that club, they're going to compete against them as well. And they're going to get, and this is really cool, Scarf, the highlight is they're going to get to play at Allianz Arena on the 15th of July. That's pretty cool stuff for a kid trying to make his way out in the professional world of football. And one of our own on LAFC2, Ryan Ayub, is representing us as the first part of the Red and Gold Partnership. So good luck to him. That is super cool information and super cool news. Cheers. Or I should, I should say, prost. 16 years old, and he's traveling to Argentina and Germany to play world football. I mean, Ryan Ayub. You're already cooler than me, which is kind of frustrating. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, you've got uh, about 24, <laughs> 24 more years uh, to become even cooler. Unreal. Congratulations, Ryan Ayub. That is our news and notes segment. Let's get into our Angel City Minute. Philly, Nina and I were down at Snapdragon yesterday to watch the massive comeback win for Angel City 2-1 as well. Same scoreline, same same whole uh, concept too. Falling down by a goal and then uh, coming right back, storming back, if you will. Kristen McNabb, by the way, her goal for the San Diego Wave, an absolute banger, might be goal of the week candidate. Uh, 57th minute, they go up one nothing. But Paige Nielsen and 
man, again, M.A. Vignola uh, made interim coach uh, Becky Tweed a winner in her coaching debut, a massive win for ACFC, propelling them from 11th to 10th. Uh, ACFC's next match is Sunday, June 25th at BMO against the Houston Dash. It was a, a really cool win in their rivalry match down at Snapdragon. There is, the reports are true, Philly, there is no shade at Snapdragon. That place is miserable if it's hot. So it looks uh, like being in a microwave, even on TV. Yeah, look, uh, I found out San Diego Loyal, by the way, are playing Borussia Dortmund at Snapdragon, mm -hmm. uh, along with obviously Manchester United playing Wrexham down there. So again, if you are <laughs> if you are headed down to Snapdragon to watch any of those football games, uh, bring a hat because there's no shade. That's it. Just giant hat. Whatever you got. One of those big lifeguard hats. Giant sombrero. I don't know. Whatever you got. You were one of those. It. Yeah, one of the lifeguard hats. Absolutely. Like I one of those big like hats that 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 the people wear at the uh, Kentucky Derby. I can see you rocking one of those. <laughs> yeah, along with your your sucker suit. No, see, that's where you get me. I'm not a big suit guy. That's more you than me, my friend. Uh, LAFC 2, by the way, playing on Father's Day. If you're listening to this live right now, plenty of time to get down to Cal State Fullerton Titan Stadium. 5 p.m. Sunday, June 18th. That's today against the Benny Failhaber-led Sporting Kansas City 2. Can we go three for three? In wins, Angel City, LAFC, and then LAFC too. How great would that be? Uh, Chris Lafferty does not like Hello Kitty. Just wanted to make that known yet again. Uh, Philly, let's get in to the breakdown, and I finally get to say it again, of the beatdown. That's right. The comeback win against Sporting Kansas City, and they're always happy and jovial manager Peter Vermees. I mean, Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> this is a club that has been on fire since May 1st. I mean, they are as good as any club has been in all of Major League Soccer, leading the Western Conference in goals scored and in points since May the 1th, only behind FC Cincinnati and Philadelphia. Uh, who would have thought, Philly, that when we were uh, talking about our draw against them in early May – that we'd be looking at a team that was only six points back of us in the playoff race coming into this match. A team decimated by injury for a while. They sprung out a lot of cash to bring in Liga Mekis star, Alan Polito. And unfortunately that really hadn't paid dividends for them until recently. Yes, they were sitting in the cellar at one point, even looking up at Carson, if you can believe that. But like you said, they accumulated 17 points since the month of May. All the other Western Conference teams, the best that they were able to accumulate in that same time period, 12 points. Sincerely on a tear. Since we tied them, and that's the only draw in these uh, history of these two franchises, they've gone on to a 3-1-1 record, as we alluded to on One More Sleep. They beat the pants and the stuffing and the broccoli out of Austin 4-1. They tied Vancouver, which is sort of a meh result. They beat FC Ribeye Steak in that of FC Dallas. They whooped up on the pesky pine trees of Portland 4-1. to one, And unfortunately, they lost to the newcomers on the block, St. Louis, 4-0. But that's beyond, that's beyond the point. And they are being led 
not only by Daniel Shallowy with four goals and four assists coming into this match, the German himself, Eric Tommy, has been playing exceptionally well for a sporting Kansas City. Uh, number three for goals and assists on the team. And he leads the team in tackles. And, of course, Alan Polito, who's been red hot, having scored three goals in the past couple of matches. Spoiler alert for you, he's going to extend that scoring streak to three games. But they were also without a fair amount of their player scarf and some players that have been key features on this team throughout the course of the history between our two clubs. Oh, absolutely. We'll get into that when we get into the lineups, uh, 85 degrees, by the way, at time of kickoff in beautiful Kansas city. It is beautiful. Uh, I, don't even, I really like Kansas city. I've look, I, I really want to go. I've never been. I love me some barbecue, by the way, we stayed Nina and I down in San Diego after heading down to Snapdragon and, and I'm sorry, Philly, but uh, we went to Phil's barbecue without you, my friend. And it jerk. was lovely. Yep. It was absolutely lovely. Anytime you are down in San Diego, stop by Phil's barbecue. <laughs> Phil's barbecue is fantastic. The portions are ridiculous. The food is fantastic. It's like the first or second most Yelped restaurant, by the way, in the United States. And uh, it's, it's just great. Great barbecue. So we had some barbecue. We headed on over to the official LAFC watch bar down in San Diego, the tap room uh, on what is it? El Cajon street, I think, or one of those it's uh, shout out to our friends uh, uh, who set us up with that. That was kind of neat. There were what three or four other people there um, that were watching the LAFC match, the table in front of us wound up watching the LAFC match because some dude behind them wouldn't shut up talking about the <laughs> LAFC match. Hi. Uh, and then I wound up having to buy a family who had a small child, like three tables over a dessert. At you the bought end a family, a small child. It's very generous of you. I, I did not buy the family a small child. I bought them a dessert because we were just loud watching the game and I felt bad. So they, they came in like at halftime and they had no idea what they. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm watching and I'm like complaining about Daniel Maldonado. More on that in a minute. I was I lost my mind. And the dude sitting to the right of us turns and goes, hey, you kind of sound like that scarf guy from the podcast. And, and I turned and I was like, I, I, I am the scarf guy. <laughs> that's great. That's just, I love that. That's always, I'm not, I'm not used to that. I'm sorry. It's always going to be weird for me, whether it's in a Tijuana bathroom or a San Diego tap room. <laughs> it really, it really All the context matter. and the jokes that can be made off of that one. <laughs> but uh, no, shout out to <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the people at the tap room for uh, taking good care of us. I know they were short staffed and I hope you spit that right on Hello Kitty. All right. So uh, Philly, <laughs> that's all I've, that's all I've got pregame. Uh, we'll talk about the rosters in just a minute. I know you've probably got more to say though. Well, I was going to say the thing I asked you completely was sidestep. That's uh, the key features of Sporting Kansas City that weren't going to be there, but that's okay. That's okay. No, no we're going Amelia- to get to that when we get into the lineup. We're, no, I, I, it's part of my thing. Look at the document. I've got it when we talk about the lineup. Don't Please, worry. No. I, do the, I do the away team. You do the home team. This is how we've done it for 258 episodes now. Yeah, Cheers. that's fine. That's fine. Go drink your. Um, I don't know. You're. I doubt you're drinking old uh, forty ounce of Mickey's. What is that? No, that's green. green. All I see is green, and then under that is the scarf. So for all I know, you're drinking malt liquor at ten twenty three a.m. on a Sunday. Green. I mean, you were just talking about people recognizing you in a Tijuana bathroom. So I don't know what the hell I missed over the course of the last twenty four hours not spending time with you. No, look. uh, Let's get into the lineup. Let's get into the rosters. I guess I'll start. With Sporting KC, uh, we mentioned our good friend, Peter Vermees, 
always just such a jovial, happy guy. I just can't imagine what it's like to be Peter Vermees. Uh, a ton of guys. You mentioned Stressful. it. A ton of guys out from injury. Uh, we lost, obviously, Tim Melia, Graham Zussi, and Willie Agata. Those are the three big names. They did have a couple other uh, depth pieces out from injury, too. But we are very, very familiar with Tim Melia. Willie Agata gave us absolute fits the last time we played uh, when he was healthy. And look, Graham Zussi has been around in the league. He's like one of the few players that have been around since before 96. That's how, that's, that's, <laughs> let me tell you how old, let me tell you how old Graham Zussi is. Uh, no, I'm not going to do Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, and then Marinos oh. Stionis on international duty. We're just going to ignore that. I just did a very, very bad impression. It's fine. Uh, Andreu Fontas and Johnny Russell, among others, both questionable coming into the match. Uh, we would see Johnny Russell uh, later on in this. But who did they start? They started Kendall McIntosh. And I just, look, back when I saw Zach McMath play for Real Salt Lake a little bit ago, I thought that he was a terrible keeper. I don't think Kendall McIntosh is any good either. Uh, we wound up finally exposing Kendall McIntosh later in the match. But I just, when you lose Tim Melia, and he's been hurt now for a little bit over the last couple seasons, your backup is key. I don't know. Maybe you have a guy like John McCarthy who wins MLS Cup MVP and slots right in as being a 1A keeper. But nope, they've got Kendall McIntosh. Their defenders on the back line, they do run a 4-3-3, by the way, just like we do. Tim Liebold, Robert Castellanos, Danny Rosero, who I just I just don't like Danny Rosero. I think he's a whiny little baby. I don't like Danny <laughs> Rosero. Get, off, get up off the ground and play football, my friend. And defender Jacob Davis round out the back line. And look, I don't think their back line's very good. I don't think their back line had a very good game yesterday. And I don't think their back line moving forward is going to be enough to keep as many goals out of the back of the net as they're going to need to to make a deep playoff run, if any playoff run. But their midfield and their forwards are really solid. Gotti Kinda, who's finally starting to play well for them uh, up top, he's the designated, or excuse me, in midfield, he's a designated player. Uh, Nemanja Radoha, when he plays, they don't lose. Uh, when he doesn't play, they they tend to lose. Uh, Remy Valter would be the third midfielder. And and look, I love Eric Tommy, German kid who really brings an extra dynamic to this front line. And you get to pair Eric Tommy with Alan Pulido and Daniel Shallowy, two of the better talents in all of Major League Soccer. That is a very dangerous front line. And, and look, they looked very dangerous throughout this match as well, especially Alan. Polito, he was incredible. In the 18, we did mention he was questionable with a hamstring injury, but Johnny Soccer, Johnny Russell in the 18, along with Kyrie Shelton and Red Card Roger, Roger Espinoza. <laughs> those are the three biggest names on the 18. Philly, a very different starting lineup and 18 for this match for LAFC against Sporting. Agree. For those wondering why I, I had a quick spaz moment where I took off the sunglasses and put them back on, I realized by watching myself on StreamYard how tired I look. Staying up till 3 in the morning, re-watching this game and coming up with notes, I will therefore keep these sunglasses on because the sight of myself, it just disgusts, well, myself. Anyway, as far as LAFC... <laughs> That's good scarf. Oh, by the way, I um I just realized something, and I'm paying very close attention to that caption I have under my name. You, sir, have taken the liberty of changing what has been said under my name on the StreamYard what? on multiple occasions. And the only time what? I have ever caught it is re-watching the show once it's all said and done. So I'm keeping my eye on you. Anyway, as far as LAFC is concerned, you're right. A very interesting lineup, and let the kids play. 
I like it. Sometimes the good things happen when the kids play. Starting in between the pipes for John, for John McCarthy is LFC. Starting for LFC in between the pipes, John McCarthy. Couple of congrats on these on this lineup call that I have to say. The sight of myself. Th- th- thank you, producer. I, I I really appreciate that. Making his first start in Major League Soccer, bearing my number, number 80, the year I was born, Julian the Pelvis Gaines starting, which is awesome. Uh, we have Daniil Maldonado, who uh, had a rough, rough game, only to totally redeem himself, to quote Dumb and Dumber. We have Aaron Long coming back in with his stitched-up headband, but making his 150th career appearance in Major League Soccer. And, of course, we have Chiqui Palacios on the outside. In the midfield, we have Eric Duenas. We have Ilya Sanchez and Daniel Crisostomo. And then up top, here's the surprise. Mati Bogus, not a surprise. Stipe Buke, not a surprise. But in the middle, making his first career MLS start. Nathan Ordaz. We talked about him on the last pod, the last game. This is a kid who deserves to start from time to time because... Eh, I wouldn't say necessarily this last game, but he's a kid that isn't afraid to make things happen. If there's anything he's really good at doing is getting in the heads of the opposing team's defenders and getting them yellow cards. I love Nathan Ordaz. I think the kid is going to be fantastic as he continues to develop. But congrats to him and Gaines for making their first career MLS starts. And, of course, congrats to Aaron Long on his 150th MLS appearance. And and on the bench we have – I had to take the sunglasses off because the font is too dark – Eldon Yakupovic. We have Jesus David Murillo. We have El Rey himself. And this is a Carlos Vela appreciation show. I'm wearing the pin and an MLS All-Star jersey. Uh, So – we're going to be talking a lot about him. Christian Torres, Ryan Hollingshead, Yekison Suba making his first major league uh, soccer appearance in the 77th minute. And we have Christopher Jaime, not to be mispronounced by Jamie, Christopher Jaime. And that rounds out your LAFC lineup. Yeah, we were asked about our thoughts on Julian Gaines. And look, we've been watching Julian Gaines closely because what they have been doing at both Las Vegas Lights and now LAFC 2 this year with Julian Gaines. I have to say, so incredibly proud of the work ethic that this kid has put in. They have switched him. He was like a a forward midfield hybrid. He's extremely fast on the outside. And he has been learning how to play outside back over the last two years or so. And he has been developing and he has been developing and look, in between all this, obviously, look, all jokes aside, he had a pelvis injury for a year and a half. God bless that man's pelvis and whatever he did to be hurt for a year and a half. But that being said, he has worked tirelessly, tirelessly to figure out how to play outside back in this system under Steve Chirundolo. And we saw the fruit of that labor in this match, not only getting a call into the 18, but you mentioned it, Philly getting thrown right into the starting lineup, giving Ryan Hollingshead a little bit of a break, giving us some depth behind Sergey Palencia. And, and look, I'm still worried about what happens on that opposite side because as far as I know, Chiki Palacios is still the only natural left back we had, although Daniel Maldonado has played it before. I have thoughts on Daniel Maldonado a little bit later. But Julian Gaines, man, congratulations. Just such a cool story. Uh, he, is, he is one of the older players-ish on LAFC 2 at just 20 years old. So uh, a veteran presence on that back line for LAFC 2. But I love all the different Julian Gaines slogans that people are coming up with in the chat. Keep them coming. Why not? Uh, Chris Lafferty, 
uh, has, of course, uh, been keeping an eye on the pelvis as well. Yes, pelvis watch 2023. Everything appears to be healthy with Julian Gaines and his pelvis. Philly, a definite different starting lineup. But you know what? Here's what I love. We went into it playing a 4-3-3. We went into it with players, for the most part, playing their natural positions. Some might call Nathan Ordaz more of a midfielder, like a six. Some might call him a forward. Either way, he has been uh, really fun to watch for LAFC and LAFC 2. And, and I just love the, the youth being served on this roster. We all know, for all of you listening or watching here on YouTube Live, the one thing we can all agree upon is that these boys in black and gold looked exhausted over the last month or so. And no kidding, they're playing every third or fourth day for the last month and a half, and they've got another month or so to go of it. They looked exhausted. So what we did was we went to the youth. We did that against Monterey Bay. We had an incredible first half against uh, Galaxy in the Open Cup but we didn't go all the way to the youth in this one. We just brought enough young kids to be able to supplement a roster of players that are super tired. And I could not be more proud and could not be more happy with the result that we got. Granted, we brought on the big boys at halftime, but what an incredible performance by this roster. You got to switch things up with the amount of games that we have. And you said it. And the math goes one game in 3.7 days. That is a lot. And for those out there preaching that, oh, well, in the other big leagues, they, this is a consistent thing. Eh, this is not a consistent thing in Major League Soccer. And most of these players have been playing in Major League Soccer for quite some time at this point, including that of Carlos Vela. So a lot to ask. You're going to have fatigue. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have players on international duty. So this is the time for the young players to rise to the occasion and rise. They did. I am sure that everybody out there at children's mercy park and watching in and around the great city of Kansas city, the 19,410 in attendance probably thought, Oh, the young kids for LAFC are playing. This is going to be a cupcake game for us. Speaking of cupcakes, I like cupcakes. Big shout out to our rep Madison for hooking Panda and I up with cupcakes on our anniversary. Our rep at LAFC is better than y'all's rep. But you got to do something to shake things up. And with the young players that they have coming into the game, these kids have no fear. No fear. I mean, I don't know if I would have been able to stand that kind of a test at 16, 17, 18, 19 years of age. But these young men can. And uh, the Blue Cauldron, as they like to call it in Kansas City, was certainly hot and humid, but not hot enough for these guys. So let's get into the actual game itself, Scarf. I want to say a quick shout out to uh, my rep, Robert. Robert is perfectly wonderful. He's been fantastic. I mean, I've never had any cupcakes, but Robert takes care of me. Ah. Robert absolutely takes care of us. So but he doesn't give thank you, you Robert. Uh, he does not. He does not give me cupcakes. Uh, Philly. Let's get into the match. We talked about it. Uh, 85 degrees at kickoff. And what LAFC was seeking to avoid, here's the incredible part. If LAFC was shut out in this match, that would have been obviously five straight matches. Five straight matches that would have been shut out. In our previous 67 matches, we only had five shutouts. So this was a streak, a historic streak, unfortunately, that we were looking to break. And we did but it would take a little bit. Uh, but we started out well. Look, third minute, Ilya Sanchez with a beautiful 
through ball to Stipe Buke. Uh, nice job by McIntosh to cut off the angle for a save. We got nothing on the corner. Uh, look, Nathan Ordaz defending in the box in mm-hmm. the fourth minute. Of that from Nate, his header up and over the bar like he was trying to do. So we're having to defend corners as early as the fourth minute, and it's Nathan Ordaz who's right there in the middle, positional responsibility, doing a wonderful job there inside the box. You and I, Philly, have talked about it a few times that our defending against corners and set pieces has been a little suspect recently, and it would go on to be a little suspect in this match. And in the eighth minute, I loved what LAFC started to try and do. I don't know that I love this as a tactic for 90 minutes, but we needed to mix it in a little bit more, and we did as Stipe Buke, even though he was called, for being offside, we look to go over the top. These kids are young and fast on the outside. Mati Boga, Stipe Buke, Nathan Ordaz, they can put a lot of pressure. Even Julian Gaines, they can put a lot of pressure on the outside if we can go up and over the top, and we were trying that over and over and over again in the first 8, 9, 10, maybe even 20 minutes of this match. You mentioned Nathan Ordaz, and I see a couple of comments here. Uh, by the way, Soccer USA, nothing but love. We remember you from the... Uh, the old 110 football days. Thanks for popping on. Uh, I got a couple of original names for him. How about Nate the Great or Nate the Wunderkind? Those are original, right, Scarf? You, you, you got to believe? No? Listen, no? my my favorite Premier League team is AFC Richmond, my friend. So uh, I'm with you. That kid, by the way, is for sale right now on Nike. 105 bucks the- for the Nike AFC Richmond kid. Uh, I'm tempted to buy it, but I have other things I need to do, like, you know, pay my mortgage and, and buy groceries. So I may hold off on that purchase. Anyway, let's let's get back into it. An interesting statistic popped up in the ninth minute after uh, Leibold got charged with a foul on Bogush. Uh, Sporting Kansas City only commits 9.6 fouls per match. The second fewest in Major League Soccer. That's an interesting tale. This is a team that you'd think plays aggressively considering that they've had a nice run of form since May, but they rarely get called for uh, in, in fractions. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. And Leibold certainly does play a pretty good game as three minutes later within the 12th, he's got a brilliant pass in the box, connecting with Gotti Kinda, who uh, takes a sliding tackle from Daniil Maldonado, and while it did appear very, very close, if you look at the monitor from the elevated angle, Daniil Maldonado was late in that slide tackle, and as a result of that, a penalty kick awarded for Sporting Kansas City, and this is a not-so-great play to have happen early on in the game. LAFC already coming in in a miserable run of form, not needing to be down in a place like Children's Mercy Park. And that sets up Maliga Ameki star himself for his third straight game where he scores a goal. Scarf, if you want to walk through the penalty kick, that's fine. I've got my thoughts on it, but go for it. You know, in order to walk through something, you know what you have to do, Philly? You have to stay on your damn feet. Daniil Maldonado. You have gone to ground more times in and around the box this season than any defender that I can remember in black and gold history. Yes, Ryan Hollingshead, guilty of that a couple of times against Leon. And then we subbed out Ryan Hollingshead and Sergey Palencia did the same damn thing. But Daniil Maldonado, so many times this season, because you are either late or hustling to get back, you are behind the man you are trying to to go down on the box in, and it is, I don't even know if I phrased that right. Yep, I don't know. I got nothing. Either way, we lost Philly for a minute. 
It's killing me right now that Daniil Maldonado keeps going down to ground in and around the box. That's what, at least the second PK that we've had because of something like that. And look, he was late. He was late. Clearly, Gotti Kinda got to the ball first. Daniil Maldonado cost us a PK. And I was, I mean, I was so, I had to get up and walk around the tap room. I was so frustrated for a minute because it's just something we've seen time and time again. Stay on your feet, Daniil. Stay on your feet. If you get to the man instead of going down like that, then you can body him. You can stay in front. We have an incredible back line. Use them. Use them. I agree with Soccer USA. You have to be smarter in that moment. Oh, by the way, my player to watch for Sporting Kansas City. Shut up, Philly. Coming into this match. (laughs) I'm still laughing at the fact that your voice got recognized in a Tijuana bathroom. And after that comment, I've got the giggles. I'm sorry. I'm slap happy this morning. (laughs) Uh, Look, my player to watch was Alan Polito. And, of course, striding to the spot is Alan Polito. Hey, Props to John McCarthy, right? He guessed right, got both hands on it. But, oh, I don't know. If you hit your PKs like you're supposed to, like Alan Polito did, as Philly likes to say, put a little mustard on it. Uh, That was all that they needed. Alan Polito, a perfect PK. And 17 minutes in, Philly, we are down 1-0. I I really wish you were able to see my notes because I literally have that exact saying 18th minute Alan Polito scoring his th- in a third straight game J-Mac gets his fingers on it but the shot had too much mustard uh, behind it that's crazy Billy, we're gonna refer to it Billy, as you know you know how I would be able to see your notes I'm just saying we have a mechanism set up here on this podcast that I would be able to see your notes are, are you aware of the Google Doc that we've had for 259 episodes now I am aware of it because I'll reference the Google Doc initially just to know where your head's going. But part of the fun for me, Scarf, is just coming up with things off of the cuff to get reactions out of you. You know, things like this and uh, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. I like to not. My favorite, I, don't, I like it to not be known what I'm about to say. My, oh no, my favorite quote was what you said when we were all out to dinner down at, out in Burbank, and it was it was Jonathan Reimer and you and me and everybody, and you're like. Well, why do I need to use the doc? I already know what I'm going to say. Why do you guys need to know what I'm going to say? I died. That was it. I was like, oh, you know what? That's that's Philly in a nutshell, everybody. Uh, I just... oh, this is me in a nutshell. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was like, oh, man, Austin Powers. Love it. Uh, All right. Yeah, we're, we're happy today. Let, let, let us be happy. So, yes, this, Alan Polito. Okay. Yes. Well, this is what happens when we win a damn game, right? There you yeah, go. We, we, we have fun. We have fun. No deal one. It's not in the notes because if it was, I would expand upon that in the worst possible way more on that later alan <laughs> Polito nets his fifth goal of the season scarf and yeah. and he's been doing exceptionally well in these past couple of matches he only had one goal over the course of the last 19 games he's uh over yeah 19 games he's finally earning the paycheck that i'm sure kansas city was reluctantly cutting him on a monthly basis what we thought was an absolute terrible designated player signing is starting to cash in its dividends no question on that. Yes, he did put too much zent behind his shot. J-Mac, as per usual, usually guesses right, but that had too much on it. 14 goals in five matches at home for Sporting Kansas City and not a great start for LAFC. The Blue Cauldron already starting to leak into, into joy and, and being overwhelmed and uh, not, not a good position for us to be in. 
Uh, and you mentioned this fun fact, uh, Sporting Kansas City, 17 earned points since the start of May. They referenced that at this point of the game. No other team in the West has done it. So let's fast forward. Uh, I've got something within the 25th minute where there was somewhat of a handball on Ilya Sanchez in the box, but his arm wasn't in the position that it needed to be in. No handball, and uh, well, no one really complained on the Sporting Kansas City side, so we won't necessarily expand upon that anymore. 26-minute, great ball movement by Polito. He has it in the box, but he gets stripped by Ilya, and great defense by the former Sporting Kansas City midfielder. And I, we forgot to say that, this is a homecoming for him. Ilya Sanchez was yep. an all-star during his time at Sporting Kansas City. And it just it dawned on me at that period where he made the play on Alan Polito that no one's going to boo Ilya because everybody has so many positive memories about Ilya. And he's just such a class act and such a gentleman. Every time we see him, he's always respectful, shaking our hands, whether it be down by the uh, by the press box or out and about at one of these LAFC events such a class act and I know people in uh, Sporting Kansas City really really miss him although Peter Vermees did run the tires off of him and left him for dead but he certainly rejuvenated his career cheers to Ilya Sanchez yeah look Ilya a Sporting Kansas City legend and they thought the tires were off that tread uh where the tread was off the tires that's the one uh when they let him go and he came to LAFC but we are incredibly lucky to have Ilya obviously the final penalty when we win MLS Cup and again I thought it's so cool that they were able to film that commercial during that penalty shot it's really good job mental there uh look Philly 29th minute the ball beautifully into Gotti Kinda in the box. But yet, Daniil Maldonado able to block the shot because he stayed on his feet. Good job, Daniil Maldonado. Thank you for staying on your feet there in the 29th minute. I, I just, I was so happy. I've, I've written it down in my notes several times. And don't, don't worry, I'll make sure I get to it several times. Uh, LAFC able to fight off a couple of corners there uh, in the what 34th minute and uh, and a couple look there was a little bit of a lull right like both teams kind of feeling themselves out now after about the 30th minute and we got a little bit of a lull although sporting pretty much dominating the run of play I would say during the last 15 minutes or so nothing special really on both sides but Philly if you've got anything as we seek to close out the first half you go right ahead my friend. Germans operate with such precision. And I mentioned that because in the 38th minute, Eric Tommy had a rocket of a shot. But yeah. luckily, it went just above the crossbar. He shot that with a lot of zenth behind it. So I did want to highlight that. 42nd minute, Sporting Kansas City, another nice buildup. But Ilya, there again to make a nice play. Then a very, very Poor corner for Sporting Kansas City. And I mean like pre-AYSO style poor. That was horrendous. I hadn't seen corner kicks that awful, even in the WPSL. And shout out to our buddy Lafferty, who's in the chat here. He was my uh, my partner in the booth calling that game at FC down in Long Beach. FC Premier beats Rebels Empire 2-1. to one. Good game. Check out the WPSL, folks. More on that later. Uh, 44th minute, off of a set piece, a quick corner for Sporting Kansas City. A very well-constructed play. Yeah. Daniel Shalloway quickly passes it into Polito, who connects with Gotti Kinda, who goes back to Polito, and he has a shot saved by John McCarthy. And 
I don't know what kind of re- weird misspelling I have here. I purpose I didn't do this, but my comment after that was Great Omaha. I don't know where that came from. Great Omaha. That's going to make a on a T-shirt or something. I love it. Well, I mean, I couldn't say Holy Toledo because that's been used. And I, I'm telling you, something autocorrected. But I'm going to stick with it. Great Omaha. What a save by John McCarthy. And that leads us to three minutes of stoppage time where we do have a little bit of drama before we head back into the locker room. Yeah, look, in the uh, third minute, a solid free kick by LAFC. But we popped the header up into the air. Not sure if that was considered a shot or not. In fact, I don't think it was, uh, but it was retrieved by McIntosh. And and look, right at the end of stoppage time, able to block a dangerous ball from Alan Polito is Daniil Maldonado. And why? Because he stayed on his feet. Thank you, Daniil Maldonado, for staying on your feet and you're able to block two different shots over the mm. course of the last 15 minutes because you stayed on your feet. And as Soccer USA points out, feet are for standing. That's right. So, Daniil Maldonado, thank you. More on Daniil later. And that sends us into halftime where we could go over our stats. Uh, Sporting Kansas City certainly played the better 45 minutes. LASC was kind of meh. Within the first half, and I, and I suppose we should be somewhat thrilled not to be down more one to nil. We did have a lot of players that are very inexperienced getting into this game. As we mentioned when we were calling out the lineup, two players making their first ever start in Major League Soccer. So you kind of had to go in with that expectation that maybe we we're going to be better off walking out with a tie, which is what I had anticipated. Uh, defensively, we looked okay. There were a couple of plays that Maldonado made and Ilya made, but of course it all goes back to that late sliding tackle on Daniil, and the game could have very well ended there. I felt, and I mean, this is going to be my take, I felt as if we threw out the lineup that we did for the first 45 minutes to bait Sporting Kansas City into giving it, giving us their all, only to start the second half with a killer lineup that eventually would change the game in only a mere 180 seconds doing the math right yeah three or so minutes uh and, and i think i think it was like a tactical thing not only do carlos vela jesus david Murillo, and ryan hollingshead get an extra 45 minutes of break or an hour or so he uh i feel that sporting kansas city gives us all they can within the first bit of the game leaving them with this false uh interpretation of the game thinking all right we got these kids and then we go in for reinforcements and turn the game around that's my take uh and that's what i'm sticking with yeah, Philly, I'll say this too. We went 45 minutes without a shot on target and without a shot, period. In the third minute, Stipe Buke has that shot saved by McIntosh. And then we went the entire rest of the period, including three minutes of stoppage, without a shot. Not shot on target. Shot. Shot. That's yeah. the frustrating part. We had one shot on target. One Just one shot, shot, period. Period, right? Through the first 45 minutes plus three minutes of stoppage time. Again, I was nervous coming into the half because we look at the match against Houston where we had one shot, period. Oh, excuse me, one shot on target against Houston as we lose one nothing. We were having trouble generating chances. Now... Coach said after the Atlanta game, 22 shots, eight on target, 
he's fine. And I think we're all fine with us playing that way every single match. If we generate 22 shots and eight on target, Brad Guzan is not going to be able to go to the wayback machine like that every single time he plays against us. Kudos to Brad Guzan. That's why they were able to come away with a point. But it's it's not like we kept up that production against Houston, and it's definitely not like we kept up that production here in the first half. So you mentioned it, not waiting until the 60th minute where I thought he might have, but the halftime subs were massive. Carlos Vela, Ryan Hollingshead, and Jesus Murillo, all three of those players, or so we thought, moving forward in the attack, although... Not Carlos Vela. No, 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 no. Carlos Vela subbing into the midfield. Carlos Vela subbing into a different role. I was shocked to see the same three up top to start the second half. It was Mati. It was Stipe. And it was it was Nathan Ordaz, I believe. Am I am I correct on this? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because Daniel Maldonado, Cheeky Palacios, and Julian Gaines all come out. For these three subs, Daniil now playing at right back and Carlos Vela playing in the midfield. And it's Carlos Vela, you mentioned it, just 180 seconds in. LAFC earning a corner, Carlos Vela with a perfect corner, but the ball recycled all the way back out to Mati Bogush on the opposite side. And Mati's cross into the box for that beautiful head of Daniil Maldonado. Daniil, I was so angry at you before you scored this goal. And and honestly, like I think even the table in front of us who wasn't really watching the game, even they knew, oh, that was the guy you were yelling about. That was the guy you were really unhappy with. What Daniil giveth, Daniil taketh right back. 1-1 one, one, LAFC. Daniil, you at least shut me up for the time being. It's kind of funny how that happened because the play really began once the ball was in the air with Daniil. Vela heads it, but it, it bounces off of Daniil's head to start everything. Then it goes over to Duenas, uh, which gets it, who gets it over to Mati Bogush. And yes, he, uh, we caught McIntosh snoozing. And Daniil Maldonado gets himself on the boards, his first career goal in Major League Soccer. And it couldn't have come at a better time, number one. It couldn't have come during a better game, number two, a game in which, well, he would have been the uh, the, the target of a lot of people's uh, anger, so to speak. But a couple of decent defensive plays. And, of course, that goal gets him out of the doghouse, at least for the time being. Uh, brilliant pass by Bogus, brilliant goal. And it's huge to come out of the locker room with this kind of momentum, a, a shift in tactics, putting in some better quality players. And it goes to show we get awarded 180 seconds into the match. Uh, there was a question in the chat I saw about why only one shot on goal. We just didn't. Yes, Sporting Kansas City pressed us real well. We had we had a decent decent half with passing, you know, 130 passes with like 81% passing accuracy, but we really didn't have too much build up and uh, only the one shot in the third minute, which for the most part was the only really good shot for the longest of time during the run of play. The penalty kick notwithstanding, but that that's the reason. Sporting Kansas City certainly played better than than we did. But yeah, we're on look, uh- the board. Yeah, Philly, I think it was also a product of us trying to go over the top as much as we did rather than passing it through the lines. Uh, the By the way, if if you really want to see something interesting, go over to MLS Soccer. Nope. Go over to MLSsoccer.com. Look at the, the uh, feed, the stats from this match, the 2-1 win. And towards the the middle of the stats page, they have the play the uh, the 
stats on possession. And they go in five-minute intervals. They go in five-minute intervals. And if you look at the second half, if you look at the second half, the first five minutes of the second half, which, by the way, I'm about to talk about Aaron Long and why he's one of my favorite humans on this club. The first five minutes, LAFC earned more than 50% possession in those five minutes. We did not come at all close for the entire rest of the half. In any of the five minutes, it looks awful on the possession chart. Guys, head on over to that. You got to take a look at this. And you can do that while you're listening and watching. Go to MLS. Wow, we have good producers. Look at, oh, is it there? Sorry, I I switched over. Yeah, go down. There we go. Keep going. (laughs) Keep, keep, yep, yep, yep. Here, Here it is. Bam, look at that right there. Look at all that in the second half. That's unreal how much they owned the entire second half of possession. I knew it was bad, but I didn't think it was that bad. This is an LAFC club that possessed the ball 37% of the match, and it was about 50-50 in the first half. An incredible look into quality over quantity in terms of both possession and chances. And Philly, we very well should have had another goal. Aaron Long was deemed offside, and we never saw, we never saw the Jose Rendon. That's okay. You can always skip through. That's okay. That's what we do our podcast. This is how we do our intro. We love you. We're talking about the match now. We're not even an hour in. Come on, Jose. Hyperbole. Love yeah, you. we've done this 259 times. You That's know okay. it's not going to change. <laughs> Look, Aaron Long was deemed offside from what I understand. I went down the rabbit hole on Twitter after the match. He was deemed offside because of the angle that we could not see. The angle that we could not see. The AR that was behind the play, looking at Aaron Long's back, apparently determined that Aaron Long was offside. Or at least that was the angle that they used to determine that Aaron Long was offside. I know a couple people are saying, well, his shoulder did look offside. So if you can score with your shoulder, then he's offside. I just... Uh, it's crazy to me that we are playing in state-of-the-art soccer-specific stadiums throughout most of the venues in Major League Soccer, and we can't get camera angles that show all of these things correctly. The NFL has like 77 cameras at every single match. I can watch whether a ball hits a particular blade of grass on any field in all of the NFL. Major League Baseball has cameras out in the outfield, cameras above the umpire, cameras in the on-deck circle, cameras everywhere. But if we are going to scrutinize the offside call so much on a play like that, where clear and obvious is only because the referee chose to keep their flag up or keep their flag down. We were talking about this in the pre-show. If the flag is left down, there's not enough to overturn it. If the flag is staying up, there's not enough to overturn it on that one. But apparently. That back angle that we didn't get to see shows that he was offside. Horse pucky because the man split open his head again to try and score this goal. We should be up. Well, I don't think the officials would have cared if Aaron Long split his head or not. But you are right. Should have given the benefit of the doubt to the goal scorer and and reviewed it rather than to leave that by human perception. I just wish VAR was a little more consistent with the in this league the way it is in Premier League. I mean, you live by it, you die by it, but it just seems as if we 
don't utilize it as efficiently as some of the other leagues all around the world, uh, all around the world do. So that's my complaint about that. We should have been up, but we weren't. We can argue with it. It doesn't matter. It's a moot point. 54. Are we moving on from that? Yeah, it's like a cow's point. It's moot. Yeah. All right. There you go. 54th minute sporting Kansas city, carving up the defense with a Ginsu sharp precision as Alan Polito connects with Daniel Shallowy. And there's a play in which, well, Ryan Hollingshead's pulling on him. Daniel Shallowy is stiff arming him. And the very opinionated broadcast team wanted wanted a call. They argue that Stipe should have had that earlier. But one stiff arm and one hold, but no call. Thankfully, we didn't get that call going against us. That run, the, the play resumes, but a, a highlight certainly worth noting. And then in the 57th minute, Leibold into Voltaire, not to be mistaken for Walter, but he did not have enough zen behind his shot as J-Mac easily makes a play. And now we have a couple of subs coming into the game. And 59th minute for Sporting Kansas City. Gotti Kinda, who'd been playing a very good game, and Tim Leibold also playing a very good game. Make way for red card Roger Espinosa and former NYCFC player Kyrie Shelton, who uh, we should thank later on in the podcast, Scarp, because Kyrie Shelton certainly helped our, uh, our, our team out. And that's the subs. That's the way the game's going to start to change. Yeah, no doubt about that. It was Peter Vermees waiting a little bit too long, it appears, to to make his adjustments after, of course, Steve Trundlow making the massive adjustments with Murillo Vela and Ryan Hollingshead. I, I was just happy to see Ryan have an okay game. He is. Uh, he, it's been rough for Ryan over these last couple of weeks, so I'm happy that he was able to come in, head clear, play free. Uh, if I tried to do with my body what Jesus Murillo tried to do with his body in the 63rd minute as he was able to kind of contort his body and kick it off of Daniel Shallowy, it was a beautiful ball over the top by Alan Polito, but Murillo was there. More on Murillo, though, in a little bit. That wasn't great. Uh, in the 64th minute, Mati has his shot right at Kendall McIntosh, and unfortunately all he had to do was stand there. I could have saved that one. Uh, Stipe, giving Roger the old how's your father in the 65th minute. <laughs> A yellow card on Stipe Buke for turning Roger Espinoza pretty good on that one. I like that. And then Philly, over the next five minutes or so, J-Mac having to put in some work, saving a shot from Alan Polito, erasing a shot from Kyrie Shelton, making another save in the 71st minute. Look, John McCarthy continuing to do so many of the little things well, and obviously a lot of the big things for LAFC to, uh, to keep us in matches, match in and match out. It was uh, it was pretty good. I was very happy with John McCarthy today. We should be thrilled with John McCarthy. The effort and the output that he has versus the uh, the financial input that he receives is miles apart. At some point, he's going to demand more money because he deserves it. A career backup is making a case as to why he should start on the defending champion MLS team. John McCarthy is fantastic. If there's anybody that should be worried and also proud would be Maxime Crepeau because even with Max fully healthy, I do not think that John should sit any game out unless he has a bad one. John McCarthy is our starter until proven otherwise. He is playing that well. He has already has career highs in several statistical categories, obviously because he hasn't played much, but good on him. 76 minutes scarf. We have Johnny, uh, Johnny Scotch, Johnny football coming into the game, uh, replacing Jake Davis in the 76th minute. And congratulations in the 77th minute, 
Yekison Suba coming in, getting his first minutes as a Major League Soccer player, replacing Nathan Ordaz, who gets his very first start in Major League Soccer. So a very, very cool highlight to note. LAFC two players making an impact in Major League Soccer and in this game. Good on them. And shortly after the substitution of Johnny Russell, uh, he, he he makes some a little bit of, he makes a little bit of noise in the 86 minute. Yeah, well, even before that, I, I want to back up real quick. You're talking about Yekson Suba making his debut, and and look in the 82nd minute, he goes one on one with Castellanos, and uh, they're yeah. battling, they're battling, they're ba- and look, I, I am kind of hoping Yek passes the ball in this situation because he was trying to go one v one against a very experienced MLS defender. But I loved the fight from Yekson Suba. Here he is five minutes into his maiden MLS voyage. I mean, he hasn't even been in an 18 before. He's not played above the uh, uh, MLS Next Pro level for us. And here he is going toe-to-toe with Castellanos uh, on this play. I, I absolutely loved the the pluck, the gumption, the uh, the pluck. just the, the effort and energy that he gave while he the was there. Farmer. Uh, uh, yeah, Philly. How about in the 86th minute when Johnny Russell towards the box, there's a defender in front of him, Daniil Maldonado, who stays on his feet and pokes it away for a corner for Sporting Kansas City. Thank you for staying on your feet one more time, Daniil Maldonado. Uh, Philly not loving, though, what we saw in the 87th minute. Jesus David Murillo on the break on the break i absolutely love this from mario we talked about how he loves to get forward recently and he was 1v1 kind of overran the ball had to come back to it and then just kind of looked like bambi on ice for a minute there the knee (laughs) appeared like it like it might have hyperextended i don't know i I don't want to speculate obviously on any injury but he was down he went to make that cross right and then he tried to plant on that foot and it it didn't look good. He, he had injured it clearly on the on the run right before that. Not sure what's going on with Murillo, but it, it was awkward. He was down. He comes right off. Uh, and I just, Philly, that was not something that we needed. Uh, as this match is winding down, it's at the time, right? It's 1-1, and we're thinking, oh, man, like now we got an injury to let's Let's not forget, this is not just our starting center back. This is the starting center back in the All-Star game. Uh, a couple of, was it last year? A player who scored. He wound up, I, I, I don't believe, Philly, he ever wound up actually coming out of the match, right? He comes off to the sideline, takes a while to get back on. It, he never actually came out of the match, but he looked a lot worse for wear and I'm just hoping that Mario is okay. Yeah, keep keep that in mind because he does stay in the match. We're going to address Mario coming down in the 87th minute momentarily. But let's talk about what happens during the 90th. You get a ball into McIntosh by Kyrie Shelton. There's that name again. We certainly have to thank him. Make sure you uh, you flood his DMs with the uh, with gratitude notes. Now, Stiple is uh, back there applying pressure on McIntosh, who lets one go in the air. And it just so happens to find its way directly over to Aaron Long, who uh, finds a wide open Carlos Vela. The ball bounces one, two, three times before Vela gets a touch on it. And the captain nets an extremely 
important goal and the exact kind of goal this team needs to get that spiritual uplifting that we so desperately needed. For the trolls and the haters out there seeking and demanding that offside, go have a talk with Kyrie Shelton and ask him about his positioning on that play. He blatantly keeps Carlos Vela onside. There's no question about that. And LAFC goes up at the death, or so we thought, 2-1, to one, a brilliant assist by Long, and Vela gets his fifth goal of the season to go with his five assists. But as we all know, this game is still far from over. Yeah, I thought they had said there were only six minutes of stoppage time, but híjole madre, that was unreal. Uh, look, I, I, I had no idea how Carlos Vela was onside on that, how Stipe Buke was onside on that, until finally they showed one replay where in the very bottom corner of your screen, you can see Kyrie Shelton running, trying to get back. And he realized, oh, crap, I'm the one keeping everybody onside. A beautiful job, by the way, because on that ball, Aaron Long doesn't allow that ball to come down. He jumps up and takes it with the side of his foot in the air, putting a perfect ball, a perfect ball onto Carlos Vela. He noticed Kyrie Shelton because he's one of the better center backs in MLS history, possibly. He noticed that Kyrie Shelton is onside. He sees the game from behind regularly. Maybe if this is a midfielder, maybe if this is a forward, he doesn't see that ball as much. But Aaron Long, the former MLS Defender of the Year, U.S. Men's National Team, and dude with a bunch of stitches in his noggin right now, are you kidding me? Makes a perfect pass. I agree. I forget who said it in the chat, but maybe our producers will find it for us. Aaron Long was absolutely my man of the match in this. I was just so incredibly proud of Aaron Long. I thought they said six minutes of stoppage time, and I lost my mind in the fourth minute when of all players in stoppage time, you're telling me red card Roger is going to keep us from three points and a beautiful comeback in sporting Kansas City? No, my friend. Because of the man of the match himself, Aaron Long got to the ball first, just like Gotti Kinda did earlier against Daniel Maldonado. But it is a foul in the buildup, which if there's a foul in the buildup, the goal gets called back. And VAR got us once. VAR gave it right back yet again. Unreal. So happy that they called and found the foul. And Red Card Rogers' heroic moment goes for nothing. You mentioned uh, Moody earlier on. He was down in the box again with contact from Espinosa. And you have to wonder if that injury or that fall that he sustained in the 87th minute had him in that scenario and put him in that scenario because he was down as that play was continuing to develop, Scarf. And yet you said it, Espinosa had a brilliant header, but thankfully uh, the, the officials utilize technology the way that it should, and that apparent equalizer gets disallowed. Thank you, Aaron Long won it, won it, end of story. But it wasn't over from there. There was a play in which Johnny Russell was fouled by Stipe Buke. Scary time. And then he had a nifty cross in the box that connects with the head of Rosero. But thankfully, it skies above the crossbar because that would have been a dreaded equalizer. And there would have been no question that that goal would have counted. They didn't put that on the highlight reel. And they should have because that could have been a difference maker. 
But then as we're approaching 10 or so minutes into stoppage time, there's pressure applied between Duenas and Bogush. I'm not exactly sure who they sandwiched. It might have been Radoja, but I don't know. But that leaves the ball into Carlos Vela, who threads the netting. And even though he was obviously offside, I got to hand it to the captain. It was a nifty finish. And I like to see that because the pep in Carlos Vela's step all of a sudden was evident again. I think that was huge. I think he scored a goal at the exact time that our team needed it. And as we said, during one more sleep for our predictions, it got worse. And then LAFC tied. But where I was wrong was that I assumed that we would set ourselves up for a better game against Seattle on Wednesday. But thankfully, Scarf Stradamus and his mystical crystal ball of future information came through on this one because we go in with a win. Children's Mercy Park isn't a place that we really draw. In fact, we've only had one draw over the course of the entire history between these two clubs, and that was recently at BMO Stadium. We avoided one point, which to me would have been a success, but boom, we walk out three points, and Carlos Vela has a pep in his step. Booyah, baby. Yeah, Philly, the play that you mentioned with Danny Rosero, if his head didn't get it, there were three or four other sporting Kansas City uh, offensive players in that box that could have had it. It was absolutely atrocious set-piece defending right at the death. That would have been awful. That would have been awful. And I don't know what's going on with our set-piece defending recently, but that wasn't it, guys. That wasn't it. If not for us getting very lucky this whole podcast would have a little bit of a different tenor to it. Yeah, we would have got a point. Yeah, we would have been the first at 300 points or the quickest at 300 points in history either way with a tie or with a... But that set piece, and it was a perfect ball into the box, could have been scored by three or four different sporting Kansas City players. Philly, what struck me, and I know you're normally the stats guy, so allow me to just encroach on your territory for just a second here. We looked pretty bad against the Houston Dynamo in losing one nothing, Pretty bad. And yet we had 71% possession and over 600 passes completed. How this club is able to play with different styles against different teams. Look, everybody out there who has been watching LAFC for the first six years, we all know what the first four were like with Bob Bradley. We are going to run the 4-3-3 against every single team, every single time. We're not going to change because Bob says so. 4-3-3. And see how that's going in Toronto right now. 4-3-3. No matter what. No shape change. No no mixing it up in the way that we needed to. Every now and then we'd start Shaft Brewer or Nico Hamalainen for some reason. <laughs> but here we are in 2023. And we played two completely different matches in the span of four days. 600-plus passes, 71% possession against Houston, and against Sporting, at Sporting, 37% possession, and not even 37%, by the way, in the second half. It was something like 29%, something ridiculous like that, in the second half. With only 305 total passes completed, we played completely differently in this match than we did against Houston. We put out a lineup, Philly, that you and I just went over, had more young kids in it than we might have ever started in a match other than those open cup matches. 
And yet LAFC and what Steve Trundle was able to do is coming home from Kansas City, Missouri, likely with some good barbecue and absolutely with three much needed points. Three much needed points indeed with not as much input, output, if you want to call it that. I mean, Sporting Kansas City had 16 shots with seven on target. LAFC had six with four. Talk about efficiency. I mean, yep. we uh, we scored 50% of the time we had a shot on target. That's what, what I'm talking about for efficiency. Um, they, Sporting Kansas City, we talked about earlier how they uh, have the second fewest fouls allowed per match in Major League Soccer. At nine, they were at 14 today. So obviously, LAFC got under their skin. couple of yellow cards here and there, nothing too major. Uh, about four or so offsides for LAFC, obviously. We uh, we had a couple of uh, couple of those. And John McCarthy with six very huge and outstanding saves. We talk about Steve Chirundolo. 50th match with LAFC. 28 wins. Dolo out? Really? Most wins in league history in 50 games. And, and I still can't believe we're even hearing uh, Dolo out at this point. Hang on one second. You remember that? He got us I one do. of these. He got us one of these. Some of y'all have one of these too for 35 bucks. Others of you spent way more money, which I have to question your sanity at that point. But either way, you have this as a result of him. We break our losing streak as a result of the uh, <laughs> the youngest and shortest tenured manager in Major League Soccer getting the better of the longest tenured manager in Major League Soccer in that of Peter Vermees. We break our losing streak and we become the fastest team in league history to reach 300 points. And of course, we still have to shout out Bob Bradley uh, at that point. And as bad as people are saying Carlos Vela has played in the 16 games that he has this season, I said it, this is a Carlos Vela appreciation pod. There's the pin, there's his all-star jersey for the all-star game that was in uh, LA, not the actual one he wore, but a replica. Uh, He has contributed in 40% of LAFC's goals this season. Here's the math. 25 goals scored by LAFC. Carlos Vela has either scored or assisted five times as goals or five times as assists. 40%. There's your math. Yes, he is not the 2019 Carlos Vela. But that was four years ago for a team that um, is operating this way. You know, people, especially the trolls, are very short-term memoried in this. You can't think Carlos Vela is going to be the same way he was four years ago. But El Rey tilted his crown straight and put his middle finger to all you haters out there. If you're an LAFC supporter and an LA, if you're an LAFC supporter and a Vela hater, go find another club. You have no respect. This is the man that helped build our club up from the ground. Took a chance, leaving La Liga and something sure for a team that didn't even have a stadium. And there are people out there still disrespecting him. Absolutely hate that. Absolutely hate that. But he, once again, comes through for us at a really great time and couldn't have come at a much, much better time, man. Oh, God. Carlos Vela. Love you, man. You know how I like to do my homework. There are eight players this season. Eight. With five or more goals and five or more assists on the season. Eight. Only one of those players has played fewer than 1,000 minutes so far on the season, and that would be Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela, in fewer minutes, is being incredibly productive. And I think that's what we might need to see moving forward, right, from Carlos. He's not going to be going full 90s in many of these matches throughout the rest of the season. But he's still one of only eight players in the league with five goals and five assists 
on the season and the only player under a thousand minutes in that list. So before you write off El Rey anytime soon, take a deep breath, look around, and see what he's doing in the course of all of these Major League Soccer teams. Now, is he Hani Mukhtar right now? He is not. Hani Mukhtar is actually on fire, I think, right now. He, he's, Hani Mukhtar is also Hani Mukhtar. Right. He's, he's incredibly, incredibly good. Is he Tiago Almada or Denny Boanga right now? No. And he's not Lucas Zellerayon. But he is Carlos Vela. And Carlos Vela is still one of the most singularly talented players in all of Major League Soccer and still knows this system, whether it's Steve Trondolo or Bob's system before it, better than anybody else that we're going to see anytime soon. I know, and you all know, that six years on any club is a really long time in world football. This is Carlos Vela's sixth year with LAFC. And it's not like he came over as a spring chicken. He wasn't old by any stretch of the imagination. Plucking again. Right? <laughs> but this isn't this isn't a 19-year-old Diego Rossi coming over or Brian Rodriguez. This was a certified goal scorer. And Carlos Vela has done nothing but taken the league by storm. And when the production starts to drop off just a little bit, everybody's ready to pronounce time of death on Carlos Vela's MLS career. Not going to happen anytime soon, folks. What he did today in helping to carry the load in the second half and helping us to remain as efficient as we were throughout the entire second half, if not for Aaron Long, then Carlos Vela would likely be my man of the match and incredibly proud of our captain and the way that things went today. I agree. The The, the only thing that I could say like during a, a rough patch in club history is it, it, it kind of publicly outs fans. Not supporters, but fans. And I'm talking about terrible fans. We trim the fat on people that don't do a damn thing to help our club. Don't do a damn thing positively to, to help our club. And these aren't people that we want within our rafters. These aren't people that we want to see at BMO Stadium. Obviously, we are all allowed and entitled to our opinions, but the lack of respect I see sometimes towards our club, towards our manager, towards our player is baffling to me. You know, it, it's the same thing as the people out there burning Clayton Kershaw jerseys outside of Chavez Ravine and then all of a sudden praising him when he becomes the all-time strikeout leader for the Dodgers. I don't get that mentality. I'm sorry. I am all systems go. I support my team and my players no matter what. And at times, uh, uh, times of trouble, we, we, we help to restore our faith in some way, shape, form possible. I mean, the beauty of the supporters and the 3252 is that they will the team in good and bad, right? Why can't we support our team in good and bad? We get a couple of losses and everybody wants to burn the whole freaking ship down. Terrible. Absolutely terrible and disrespectful. If we continue to suck, then I get it. But a rough patch should be expected, especially with the kind of schedule that we have have had and are moving with going forward. One game in 3.67 days, whatever the math may be, that is a lot. That is going to be wear and tear. And when you get somebody like Carlos Vela at an advanced age, he's not going to recuperate as quickly as an Eric Duenas would. But then again, Eric Duenas did take a little while on his ankle injury. Maybe not the best example. A Stipe Buk or a Mati Bogush. I have respect for the guy that helped build our club. Because if it wasn't for him, we would not be having these conversations. We, not, we might not be as excited about LAFC as we have been. And we wouldn't have anybody to talk to about as far as the lures of... Um, of the best 
ever to play in this league and for our franchise. I love Carlos Vela. He's done a lot of tremendous things. Show some respect. Yeah, look, and being a supporter doesn't mean you always talk positively, right? I mean, look, I'll roast Daniel Maldonado if he goes to ground again. Sure. I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen, right? But it means calling it like you see it. If you're going to be a supporter, right, there are certain things we need to improve, certain things we need to do. Of course, of course. This is Major League Soccer, folks. Between the roster rules, between the salary cap rules, between all the games, this, look, bottom line is, once Lionel Messi comes over, you're going to see far fewer times where clubs are playing every Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, because MLS wants to put their cash cows up for everybody to see. So they're going to start to change the roster rules. They're going to start to change the salary rules. I don't even know if there are salary rules with the way that Lionel Messi is going to be getting paid by Inter Miami. He's never played by salary rules. Right? So it's going to be interesting to see. But don't forget, you guys, through the good and the bad, through the losing streaks and the winning streaks, through the super disappointing times like against Leon, and through the – we technically do still have an empty DP slot, yes. Uh, through the super disappointing times and the incredible times like MLS Cup, we're going to be there to support. We're not going to love everything. We're going to hate some things, but we're going to be there to support. Now, Philly, we do have to get to Father's Day activities here. Just want to give everybody a very quick glance at LAFC in the table. We talked about it. 29 points in 16 matches puts us tied at the top. St. Louis, 29 points in 17 matches. And in the race for the Shield, we are now 11 points back of Cincinnati, but with one, one match in hand. So we might we might break it down to just eight points at the uh, once we uh, once we get going there. And, and real quick, we mentioned Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. We got two home matches at BMO for at least our next two in three days, Seattle on the 21st, and in three days after that, Vancouver on the 24th, that Seattle match is going to be tough. So two matches through the 24th. It's going to be incredible. Uh, I, I don't know, Philly. I'm loving our team moving forward. It's also uh, it's also almost Father's Day time to celebrate. So I'll let you have the last word, sir, and then uh, we, we got to say our goodbyes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just I just have one thing, a fairly long thing, but it won't be that long, I promise. Uh, just a reminder. It's just a reminder, a reminder for all the uh, forgetful LAFC fans, uh, all the haters and all the bitter and ugly trolls. And yes, Fidel, I'm specifically targeting you with the word ugly. I have no doubt you sleep in your bunk bed in mother's basement and you are 57 years old. You're ugly, Fidel. But I'm reminding you all that we are the trailblazing, MLS Cup raising, always competing, sporting Kansas City beating, goal scoring, rip roaring, styling and smiling, black and gold wearing, hate on us because you can't stop effing swearing, defending champions of this league and Western Conference leaders, and don't you forget it. And if you did, here's your reminder. God bless. USA, Mexico, 530. Oh, excuse me, USA, Canada, 530. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Watch Watch it with your dads. Watch it with your moms. Watch it with your cats. All right. Love you all. Bye-bye.